Good Saturday morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours morning, of course, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? The old folk take on each other. Arsenal versus Man United. You know, it reminded me of those days of Wenger versus Fergie when, you know, there was a lot to play for. Yeah, and I mean, if you think of how the, the media was hyping up this game, it was like, oh, Ten Hag has now got uh, United running on this sort of peak right now. And, and I mean, all the while, I'm thinking to myself, look, it's time we, we put this dog down because we can't have any of this nonsense. <laughs> so, I mean, the Gunners go full strength into the match while United had a near full strength team. But, I mean, but for Casemiro and, of course, the commentators also and the pundits, Always had to throw that name in every like five or ten minutes about that they missing this guy going into this match. But I mean, I was pretty sure that um, you know we we would not go into this game very positive. You know, just coming also off that that win against Spurs and that, and I just thought now this is sort of a tendency that we need to not push home. You know, going into this uh, latter part of the uh, second half of the season. So I mean, the game kicks off. <clears throat> Martinelli already shows his intentions immediately. Uh, forcing a corner of one to suck in the first minute. Yeah, I think United were at panic stations, especially um, one Bissaka, because he, he, he settled a lot against Martinelli. Um, so um, I think Arsenal already up for this game, and you could see that. And I feel that there was a lot of, you know, so like you said, pundits were saying also if United can snatch a win here, you know, they in the title race, and, you know, they. They could have, like, even getting Neville said, they could end above Arsenal. Yeah. So, uh, second minute, Odegaard ends up hitting a shot off, but I mean, it gets blocked. Uh, Thomas Party ends up shooting wide from a Xhaka uh, layoff. But I mean, Arsenal really, you know, throwing everything at, at United. Then, seventh minute, Fernandez ends up trying to con the ref after colliding with Ramsdale. Uh, Thomas Party then, in the 17th minute, loses the ball. Okay, just if anybody can hear anything, it's just a helicopter flying by. Uh, <laughs> in the 17th minute, Thomas Party loses the ball. Marcus Rashford ends up nipping in. And I mean, ends up not making Thomas Party driving the ball forward and almost like seemingly out of nowhere, just from 25 yards, out unleashes a vicious 25 yard screamer that flies fly past Ramsdale and United are one up. I was in disbelief at that point. I thought, oh, man, it is going to be one of those games again because, you know, Arsenal obviously going to have to chase the game. And then, you know, this is United's fourth day at the moment where they score early and they sit, 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 sit and pick you off of the card. And I thought, oh, man, it is going to happen again. I mean, they, they scored this goal literally out of nowhere. It was, there was nothing on. And I think Arsenal just daily dallying with the ball got caught off guard. And then, I mean, of course, you can start seeing Arsenal start, uh, you know, setting their sights on the United goal first. 21st minute, Eden Ketia ends up firing over. Then 24th minute, Arsenal starting to, you know, string their passes together. Uh, you know, really coming at United as the Red Devils are not what you just said, now trying to stop the Arsenal search going forward. The ball ends up breaking out to Xhaka on the left flank. He ends up uh, whipping the ball in. I mean, a fantastic slinging cross. And as one Bissaka again, as you were mentioning, he always looks one uh, like you know a step off to the pace of the game. He simply falls asleep as Eden Ketis just darts ahead of him and nods the ball home one-one. Yeah, it was a brilliant team goal, and I think one-one. You know, I'll just leave they brought the game back so early on in in the game. And then 26 minutes, Ramsdale makes a, a solid save from a McTominay shot after the Scott was teed up by 
Anthony. Um, then 33rd minute, Arteta ends up getting booked after another heavy tackle on, on uh, Saka by uh, Luke Shaw. So Arteta almost like loses rag somewhat there because of the, uh, you know, constant... Look, I think you mentioned it a while back already with that, that where they take that um, rotational tactical fouls on Saka where they, like, one will come in from behind at one point and another one will also, like, stomp on his foot late on or whatever, or give him a kick on the calf. So they keep on doing that. And, I mean, I think, uh, you know, of course, we're not really promoting stuff like where we say, look, the player needs protection. But, I mean, when certain of these, some of these tackles that don't make sense of what, like, you know, yeah. what, like, they're just randomly kicking the guy. So, uh, yeah, 43rd minute, United now trying to pin Arsenal into their own half as we're now closing in on half-time. So we enter the second half, Arsenal ends up hauling off um, Ben White, who seemingly also had something besides a yellow card, but something else seemed also off with his, his play. It wasn't like the normal way, because he just, maybe, I mean, it's based on the player, but uh, he just couldn't get to grips with Marcus Rashford. I mean, like, because yeah. I mean, I don't know what was your take on that. No, he did struggle quite a bit, and I was worried that, he was another foul away from being sent off, and I didn't want to go, I mean, 10 men against United. So it's a good, good sub by Arteta. And um, I think he had, he knew maybe Tommy Yasuo had the tools to deal with a guy like Rashford. I mean, I know for me, it always like, it brings us shades of releasing um, Arteta's decision in, in early on in the season when he brought on, or he had Tommy Yasuo starting against Liverpool because. He felt, I think it was left back where he had him play against Salah. Yes, because Salah cuts in all the time. He always cut into to his stronger foot. Yeah. So, yeah, so he ended up now bringing Tomiyasu on to deal with the Rashford issue. Then, 53rd minute, Tomiyasu ends up feeding Saka the ball. The England star, uh, he starts noticing that, that uh, Christian Eriksen is like just backing off him constantly. Saka then decides to take him on, cuts inside, and then with a 25-yard powerful curler, ends up seeing his shot going beyond the gear and nestled in the back of the net. 2-1 Arsenal. Yeah, I was pumped after that. I thought, okay, you know what? Here we go. We can we can make it 3-1, 4-1. You know, I, I want to punish this United side yeah. because up until then, United had no answers to what we were doing. They were just literally hanging on. I just think, I mean, I don't know how you saw it, but I just think United did most of the, you know, hard grinding work in that first half. Because I mean, yes. trying to press the mid, like, you know, compress the midfield. Also, uh, trying to press the, the, the back four of ours plus our goalie. But I mean, the way Ramsdale and they were playing the ball out, it was almost like they were just chasing shadows, the, the front three of United. So, yeah. 55th minute, within two minutes of the Arsenal goal, uh, Rashford ends up forcing Ramsdale into a fantastic save because I think yeah. not, he ended up slaloming himself into the Arsenal box. We kind of backed off somewhat. But I think the ball came off, I think Saliba, I believe, and then Ramsdale yes. instinctively, you know, had to, almost like with a forearm, get the ball for a corner. Yeah, so, actually, it was quite nerve-wracking, actually, because it looked like it was going to go into the net. And Rashford just seemed like on top form in this game, like, you know, when to stop him. But, like, as we go into it, I think Tommy also slowly starts to, like, you know, eventually I thought he got subbed. Right? Yeah. Then, 59th minute, uh, four minutes after that, uh, Ericsson, uh, there's a corner. He ends up, I mean, he already gestures with his hand. He's going to whip it in at the keeper. <clears throat> Ramsdale then, of course, fails to deal with it. I think he ends up half colliding with Tommy Yasso, but he's 
uh, like, you know, he's sort of punches on like half-hearted and it drops straight to uh, Lissandra Martinez who ends up sending a, a weird diving, looping header and it, the ball finds itself in the Arsenal net 2-2. Yeah, I was <coughs> by that. I thought, oh man, are we either going to draw this game or lose this game? But I thought, well, I just don't want to lose this game. I'll, I want to win, but I'll take the draw. No, I mean, look, I've felt all along, I think we would have been in that ascendancy mode, but it, it, it also gets kind of frustrating when every time you, you know, look, you just got, <clears throat> excuse me, you just got yourself to, to uh, you know, equalize, and then you go into the lead, and now you think you're going to consolidate, and now you concede again, so now, like... sloppy goal, back, um, yeah, I might add. Yeah, and I went back, you, you like, back to square one. So, of course, 68 minutes, also start upping the tempo again. On the 70th minute, Saka with a copy paste of his uh, goal of earlier. This time again, his ball ends up smacking the base of the post and out for a goal kick. I think, and then I think 71, 71 first minute was probably a, the game that the moment that changed the game, but then when he, when he decided to sub Anthony off, not that Anthony was doing anything, but he brought Fred on to try to, you know, it seemed like he was happy to take the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Then at the second minute, Martinelli comes off and the new boy, Lissandro Trossard, comes on. What was your take on his, in, like his cameo in that first few minutes when you saw now those little touches here? No, I thought that I was very happy with it because um, the, the way um, he came on, the way he controlled the ball, the way he, he had the confidence to take on people, and, I think it shows that we have a player inside there that, you know, not going to... Obviously, be content with sitting on the bench, but I think he's happy just to be at the club like Arsenal, where you know, where he'll be taking, where he gets his opportunity, he'll take it. Yeah. Then, 84th minute, um, David Gea pulls off a fantastic save from a sharp Enikitia, you know, shot, because I think United failed to clear the corner, ball ended up almost like ping ponging in the box, and, and the ball breaks and Kitty who just stabs the ball. But I mean, the Gea keeps United in the game. Yeah, I thought that was the moment, eh? I thought that was the moment. Yeah, then uh, 90th minute, as we now winding the clock down to full-time, uh, Arsenal throwing everything forward. Uh, Trossard, Zinchenko end up combining for the Ukrainian to eat a low cross in the United box. Odegaard ends up scuffing a, a goal attempt, which is, I mean, you can start seeing a ball is actually starting to drift wide of the goal. And then seemingly from nowhere, Edin Ketia sticks a foot out and diverts the ball. Into the back of the net, three to Arsenal, the big, big three points for Arsenal season. Uh, I can tell you something. I didn't celebrate that goal first. I just stood there, stand waiting for something because I thought maybe Kitty was offside, or, or then they showed the VAR, and then they showed um, Sinchenko could have been offside, but then they didn't go back to that, and they showed Kitty was onside. Yo, then only afterwards I celebrated, but I mean, the moment is probably almost gone already, but just having to wait like that, my nerves were shocked. No, I think, look, I was stunned when, when Kitty put the ball in it, but uh, of course, I was suspicious first, and so I did not celebrate. And then it's like, you know, you're waiting and you're waiting, and that, and then when they show that, that final shot where Juan Bissaka is actually playing Kitty on, then I mean, I ended up, I think my son and I ended up high fiving each other, you know. But yeah, no, I I did a celebration once the, that that the the goal was given like like Zinchenko. I even was celebrating with the Gunners with the crowd by my TV, and then yeah, the final whistle went and like you said, massive three points. But 
you know, it, it feels like there should be like five games, six games left in the season, but there's what, like 18 still? Yeah, it's still a long way to go. That's why, I mean, as much as many people say, yeah, stop saying that, uh, you know, like we're not favorites and they were, I still say, I'm sorry, but I mean, I'm in that frame of mind where it's game by game. I'm not going to, because look, we've, we've had our disappointments already. Yes. I mean, you remember even like that, that game, I mean, you were quite young still, but I mean, that, that when we end up, Getting put by United on the last day of the season. On the last day of the season, they beat Spurs 2-1 and we beat uh, Villa 1-0 or something like that. But no, there, was one, there was one game where we lost to Leeds at... at, at, at oh, uh, that one as well. The, the, the 2003 season. Oh, oh, 2003. Yeah, yeah. We could have won back-to-back titles. Um, yeah, just go on. You want to say? No, I was going to say, it's, it's... Yeah, a lot of Arsenal fans, if you speak to them, are very still apprehensive to celebrate yeah. because, I mean, over the years, I mean, we've seen us have a five-point gap, you know, with the opportunity to make it eight in the 07 or 08 season, and then we threw to Birmingham City, and, like, the wheels came off, like, with an instant. So, I think Arsenal fans are very cautious and, and nervous because, I mean, you know, things can change very quickly. I mean, yeah. you lose to City at the, the Emirates, you lose here, yeah, and then you, there's suddenly two points behind you. It's a very, it's a very critical time where Arsenal need to consolidate the lead almost. Yeah. And cut out the sloppy errors at home as well when we play. Because I think we've conceded almost too much goals at home. If you think, I know we've 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 only dropped points once at home, but I mean, if you look at the amount of goals conceded at home, it's quite alarming, in my opinion. Yeah, I might sound like I'm being a bit critical, but yeah. I mean, if you look at our game, there's always a uh, both teams scoring in it. Yeah, so we moved on to the FA Cup tie uh, last night against Man City. Um, at Etihad for the fourth round FA Cup tie, uh, Arsenal made six changes. Matt Turner, Tierney, Tomiyasu, Holding, Trossard and Vieira coming in. <clears throat> I mean, the match was played more like a chess match in the beginning. Um, both teams yeah. were like, very tentative. But I mean, like when, when Arsenal did now go forward, I mean, you could see from the get-go, uh, you know, also getting or playing very positive brand of football because many people thought we were going to try to sit, you know, and let it city come at us. But I mean, also started looking very positive. Trossard, I mean, you easily skip past Lewis and Stones, and he ends up cutting the ball across Tommy Asu. Seemingly out of nowhere, ends up letting fly for the shot, I think, but about 20 yard shot, which the uh, city keeper Ortega ends up parrying the ball away. Yeah, I know we were very much over city. Like, I was like watching this Arsenal side. Like like I told you, this is one of the games. There wasn't stress levels and anxiety and stomach turning. Mm. And like, you know, it was just I was just watching this game. Whatever happened, happened. And Arsenal just seemed like they were so much in control of this game. And the commentators were even saying this is like an unlike City performance. Like, I don't know what's happening with City. You know, they're being very quiet. But it always also just takes a few seconds for them to click in the gear. But there was nothing like that. Then the ninth minute, Ireland uh, loses holding, who was, was like his marker for the match. <clears throat> Turner, of course, reads the danger. He ends up racing out and saves with his legs. The ball ends up looping up into the air, and then Ireland tries one of those audacious Zlatan overhead kicks. But luckily, Tommy also reads the situation, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and he ends up getting control of the ball and clearing to safety. Yeah, I know. I was worrying about the holding Ireland combination because I'm. Uh, um... Holdings, you just struggle against like a top class striker. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, he plays well against him, but like 
the moment you put him against a cane or a island or someone like a son, he ends up, you know, making these rash challenges and it gets too tight and, you know, it doesn't work out well for him. And it, it doesn't sound like obvious, like the fouling and that was, like there was one way Ireland was, was doing almost like that, that off the ball running and he, like right in front of the ref, just holds him down and I thought to myself, is this going to be another same way he's playing out like it was at, at, at Whiteout or at the Tottenham Stadium uh, last season when, when he ended up foul, fouling uh, Son constantly and, and kind of caught the eye of the ref, which that just brought on the attention to get that quick uh, two yellows. I also thought that, and like you said, you don't want to go 10 men against City once again, you know, almost shades of, of last year's New Year's Day fixture against them. Yeah. So, 21st minute, Trossard again gets into the City box. He, you know, plays a short, uh, oh, actually smashes a shot more, a goal bound. But Ortega again make, makes a solid save. But I mean, he's actually the biggest danger that, that the City have to deal with because they were really struggling with Trossard. Yeah, I know they were, and he was like inside, outside, trickery, flicks the ball. Like, he's really thinking, it's like, there's no way he can get out of it. He like, does a trick and he like, just pushes his ball past the play and then he plays it off. I was really impressed with him and yeah. he's very direct as well. And I think what, what I also like about him, he's got that, that Messi, that low center of gravity. So yes. he's only like half ducking under people and, and, yes. and like slaloming what you know, see that we twist and turns in, inside out of people. Um, then for the second minute, you know, the, eventual, the eventuality happens and because Holding ends up getting booked for, you know, like again, another obvious foul on Ireland. And I mean, you can see he's really struggling to deal with him as we go into the halftime break. Yeah, I know. Um, you are struggling. I think it's, 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 I think Holding's time at the club is probably going to be soon over. I think he's going to be more like a a bit part player or something like that, especially with the new signings that we brought in at the back. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this could spoil maybe his last season at the club. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because I think Arteta is actually looking now more because, I mean, like when you also read up on the sets of Kivio, he's also somebody that's like a ball-playing centre-back. He's got actually speed to his game, but that, that sort of height where he actually makes that height count when he's defending. And I think what you said, yeah, that does have that sort of feel to it where if an offer should come, you know, they'll take it. But if he wants to be like fourth or fifth choice, then probably they'll, you know, let it be as that. But I just think the sort of mold of or the way Arsenal are developing as a club, I mean, uh, it can sound harsh to some people, but I mean, I, you can see when, when a certain player's style and it is also now being phased out at the club. Yeah, I know. And then you... You, you can see, like, this is, this is it for him because, I mean, he struggles whenever, I mean, besides, you know, those, you know, league ties or those random FA Cup ties. Like, against a quality player, I'm holding struggles and I don't think, you know, Arteta is a big fan of that. The only thing I think Arteta appreciates about him is, you know, he's willing to do a job. He's not, uh-huh. you know, Arteta's ear, when am I going to play, when am I going to play? He's just going to, like, you know, bring me on in the last five minutes and yeah. then he plays. And then he does his job, you know. So he's the type of player that you you, you can't keep around in the squad. It's like Al Nini. Al Nini's not complaining to play every week, but when he does, um, he does it. He needs to do a job. You will do it. Yeah. So second half starts and also make two changes. Holding a Thomas party come off. Saliba and Lokonga coming on. And I mean, for me, right then, then I'm, I'm the set up front. I mean, for me, 
surprised me that Lokongo was the one being called uh, yeah. on. And I just felt, uh, you know, first off, as I said, I, I felt, oh, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned anything, but I mean, I felt quite positive going to this game at, at the Etihad, even though, I mean, look, many people say we would struggle, but I felt confident. But the minute that, when I saw Lokongo come on, and I mean, it's not now trying to just drill and not even one player now, but I mean, I just felt, that was almost like from that hundred percent positivity. I had not dropped to about sixty-five percent. No, I, I agree with you. I, I was checking Twitter like the party get injured, like fans were going crazy. Like why is Saliba? I'm not Saliba. Well, Lukonga coming on, his party injured, and that and and you're right. I think Lukonga is a type of player now, and and it's sad to say this, but like the moment he comes on the pitch, it's almost like groans and moans are happening or. Like he's gonna be that type of player that you know you hate to see on the score on the, the score sheet on the team sheet because you know he's he's associate. Oh, one loss with Arsenal was the season in the Premier League was with him starting the game and him giving the ball away to to our United to score a second. I mean, it's just he's becoming a player that you don't associate with positivity. But yeah. on the plus side, it was nice to see to be able to bring a player of Saliba's quality off the bench. Yeah, you think back of a few seasons ago, like it would have to have been a Mustafi or a Socrates or something like that. But you know, it's quality coming on the bench, and that was the one positive. But yeah, Lakonga, I don't know. I think it's it probably his time to let him try to get a loan or something like that. Yeah, then 54th minute, Turner ends up cutting out a city cross and ends up, you know, at his shoulder. I mean, I first thought he'd just look at his shoulder, but I think it was probably. Just an overstretch, but I mean, the physios end up patching him up and he, he's able to continue. Yeah. Then, the ninth minute, Vieira fires wide, and again, another player that I think could somehow need the gym or something to bulk up because I don't know how many times I saw him face plant himself when he gets tackled with the ball. And it's actually frustrating, especially with that chance now that he had because they carve out a chance for him and he's got all the time to even bring the ball down and control it and then. Have a shot at goal and he tries to take it out of the air and volley it and he ends up shaking the ball into the crowd. Yeah, he was trying to be a bit too fancy. I think it would have been a basic a basic video control and he would have done wonders there. But, you know, sometimes the people try to look for the, what's the word, the spectacular goal. The 64th minute, City cranking up the pressure and, of course, Lokonga, lack of awareness, ends up seeing us even more under pressure in our box. He has no pressure, like, you know, closing in as, as <clears throat> City are carving us in the box. And, I mean, by the time the ball ends up spilling to um, Nathan Ake, he's standing about easily five to seven feet away from the, the City wingback. Well, he's just passing the ball into the back of the net and City go one up. Yeah, I know. That was, that was sloppy defending there. We allow them too much space in time, and then, like you said, they make it, they make it one 0 and yeah, also in that, you know, bring on in the changes with Martinelli coming on for Trossard, which, um, and Trossard was giving a lot of headaches. Maybe I would have thought, maybe try, maybe uh, Martinelli on for Ketia, and then Zinchenko on for Tierney. It just shows that I mean they could have brought Zinchenko on even in the center of the park. In my opinion, if they wanted to take party off, but rather put him there to do a job and leave Tierney on. It just seems like Tierney is probably being slowly moved out the door if if uh, he's going to get some laggers all the time. I'm not sure he's going to be happy with that. 
I mean, sometimes for me, what frustrates me as much as I love the game, but his decision making, it's not like, yeah, what you said now, it's not like he knows there's something that somebody that he has to now not only bring down his neck, but it's it's to a point where the the, the new signing is now almost like surpassed him now, becoming almost like a, a near regular. Because nowadays, if you talk about Arsenal's strongest team, PN is not in it really at the moment, like the way things no. are. And I mean, like, just back to the match now again. Going down to City, it's like, you know, City going to the sort of sleeper mode where they just try to fizzle out the life out of a match. And they don't care if they're going to, you know, sneak that game in one nil, but they just want to see that they have ball control because they were making it so tough for Arsenal because they were playing not only a position game, but they were trying to play a position game in their own half. So they're not yeah. like it be doing anything adventurous to, to go and look for a second unless they're going to count you. Yeah, I know. I think I just think game plan once they got that goal, which, which almost gave them that bit of, you know, the edge now in the game. Because up until then, you know, like, yes, they had that moment where they started cracking the pressure, but they were struggling against us. Like you said, if we had to look on the first half, if it was a boxing match, we would have been winning on points at that point. Yeah, but I mean, you know, City ended up now just, you know, seeing the game out. And even the, the subs didn't have no real impact because Martinelli, I don't know, if he was scared of Kyle Walker, that's what I don't understand. Because up to then, like uh, this this part of the season, he was he's taking on so many right backs, you know, that they have speed, that they lack speed or, or, or awareness. And but it wasn't like with Kyle Walker, he had almost like way too much respect because he was just not doing that sort of runs that we know him for. And when he was doing it, that and that was like the last like three or four minutes when he was getting past Kyle Walker, which I mean, he should have been done uh, doing way way sooner. His decision making when cutting the ball back was always either getting blocked by somebody or it wasn't finding the right target, man. Because all of Arsenal were throwing bodies into the box. But uh, what you said at the start of the, the this um, part of the podcast, it's a, it's a disappointing result that, that now to lose to City. But also, you don't have that sort of, you know, the way we felt after the Newcastle game where you felt that yeah. sort of played. Yeah. So, no, I- yeah, go on. No, no, it wasn't at all. Like, it, it was literally, you know, oh, well, you know, we're out the epic Cup. And I don't know when last I felt like this, mm-hmm. losing a game and getting knocked out of a competition and saying, you know, oh, well, like, you know, this, we have bigger fish to fry at this point in time. It's it's actually, this is probably the first time I could say that I felt so calm during a game yeah. and, like, a, a big game. And then also just losing, like, just literally not... You know, going for like you know, complaining to you or going on. I just literally said, yeah. "Oh, I'm gonna go sleep now. That's it. Wake up and look look to our next game against Everton." Yeah, because I mean, I, I just like my mindset was again, "Oh well, it's another game for Man City." I mean, as, as much as they did hurt in a way, like not yeah. disappointed, but at least my mind was already thinking. Premier League, we still got that fixed target in front of us. So yes. City will not want now more distractions because now it's already for them now next round of the FA Cup. They still got the old Champions League home and away fixes to take care of. And we have roughly the whole of February probably to like off of European football. So we can't just focus on the league now. But uh, I mean, I, in a way, I, f- I find it also a pity for people like, say, Matern and that because, you know, now they were almost like banking on that sort of games for, for say, January and that or a bit part of February to get some sort of game time in their legs. Yeah, I know that's easy. I think I did it through that the way, like you said, with that substitution of 
of Lekonga for party. I mean, party, like, you're not injured or anything. You haven't had anything like it. Was it purely made? No, no, wait. The thing is, Arteta said at the post-match press conference that party said he felt something in his leg. So they said it wasn't like that, or like what they said up to then, it wasn't that bad. So they said as a precaution, they don't want to risk anything. They're gonna, they took him off. So uh, from what I read now this morning, one of my friends in England sent me now something that was in one of the papers there that uh, party, I think, was going to day for that MRI scan just to check oh. the sort of issues. So, I mean, it, it will also, like, lead, not really lead us into it, but, I mean, I might as well just jump in on a certain topic, but of that Caicedo of, of Brighton where Arsenal had now their bid rejected of 60 million. I mean, Chelsea already started with a 55 million bid, which... They turned down, Brighton turned down, and Arsenal now went in with a 60 million offer, which was also turned down. So I, I think they're probably waiting for another five or ten extra million on on that that sort of figure. But I just think myself that it, it does show that it could be a big, uh, you know, priority position now because you found any out for. I mean, nobody knows it. There's a lot of murmurs going around that it could be a season-ending um, injury for 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 El Nini. And then, of course, you've got not one of our crucial midfielders party. Also, question marks on him, what, what the state of his injury is. And then, I mean, of course, you, you see the sort of backups that we have. I mean, Lokonga, I just don't see cutting it as a replacement. And no. then you don't want to take Xhaka out of a position where he's been prospering really well for Arsenal. So, the, for me, the only thing that makes us sense is actually then dipping into the market and going for somebody like that or... Onana of Everton, somebody like that, just to, you know, somebody that is not Premier League ready and is capable of holding their own in a, in a sort of team like, like say, Arsenal now. Yeah, with that guy from Brighton, I think even if you have to break the bank, we need to break the bank because the likes of Party is not, he's a good player, I love him, but he's not reliable at times. At the worst parts of the season, he ends up picking up niggles and, you know, you lose him for three, four games and suddenly, you know, not that. I mean, playing like Conga in that game, yes. he has Arsenal lose that bit of edge, and you know they maybe drop points there because of that. And I mean, it's just going to be a a two-way street of of a downward spiral for the Conga's career. I think he's probably, you know, slowly just dipping, 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 and then you have the likes of Thomas Party. I mean, I mean Arsenal are losing points because they don't have an able-bodied replacement for for. Um, for party, so definitely have to probably break the bank, and he's probably somebody that's gonna have to kind of, you know, almost be the next party, but like just kind of understand him and fill in where he needs to and play, like you know. So yeah, I, I think Jacques and Party aren't getting any younger. Yeah, it'll be a good signing for the future as well. Yeah, because I mean, I think he's only what twenty one now. Um, and one of my other concerns was also like when you when you look at the sort of um, you know, almost like lack of development of Lokonga. Because, I mean, I would have thought, like, maybe you would say, look, send me out on loan. I mean, Arsenal, I think they were probably more worried about being short of bodies. But my take is just, I mean, sometimes you just see when there's not a... I, I saw a lot of people also tweeting about it, or even uh, some... There were, there were some pundits that said, these, it don't seem like the right mix, like Lokonga no. and Arsenal team. Like, maybe the way he wants to play is maybe... Um, say more adapt to a team like say Everton or something like that that you know where you can 
it was like be the boss of the midfield and you know like you call the shots, but I think there's like too big, too much bigger fish in that, that team for him to to really cope and survive, to be honest. No, I agree. I think he's he's not yeah, he's not the player that is the answer. I think, you know, we are, we've, I've watched him over, you know, two seasons quite regularly. I think we both have. And it's like he's never really, you know, set the, the, the team a light where we can say, okay, you know what, this guy, look at him, he has a player inside. Maybe he'll do well going to Burnley, you know, under Vincent Company. And, you know, it'll work out better for him, a championship loan for, for six months, help him get to the Premier League. And, you know, maybe he fits in better there and he can sign for them. Or maybe, you know, he can get some, he get buffed up and company can nurture him to, to be a solid midfielder. But I don't know. It just seems that, like you said, Arsenal, there's just too much, too, too, it's like a small fish in a big pond. Yeah. So uh, our next match is going to only take place again next week. I think it's a one city kickoff. Uh, what's it when we play Everton? So, I mean, what's your take with it, like, going into the game? I mean, I think it was my biggest concern is always... It's something you bloody planted in my head back in the day when you used to tell me, you know when a team gets a new manager? Yes. <laughs> I was playing the, the ass off to impress the coach, and I always think, oh, this, this kid is just talking a lot of nonsense, and afterwards you see Arsenal, like, laboring in the, in this game. And, and look, I know I'm... We, we, you know, almost like flying a... a, a, a we are really riding a wave, I should say, now. So I think, you know, our momentum should take us over the line, but you just know that, that Sean Dyche, I mean, the, the fixtures, what, next Saturday, early morning kickoff, the 130 UK. Um, I just think to myself, I mean, what is the wrong time to face it? Because I thought, could they just, yes. I was actually willing everything to keep Lampard on just for another seven more days. You know, after that, with the, with the whole news started breaking when they were, you know, um, dispatched the other day in, in the league fixture. So, um, I mean, my take is just look, play things as it is. I mean, I think also get this uh, city game out of the system and, and you know take it out of Everton. <laughs> Sorry to sound so harsh. Yeah, no, but I, I I'm also a bit panicked because remember that time with Una Emery where we went on that what was that crazy unbeaten run. We took on a, a was it was like a bottom of the logs of Hampton side, and then that Ralph Fusnato, if I pronounce it that how he um. He beat Arsenal and ended that, that streak against Arsenal out of nowhere because he just came as a new coach. So I think Everton will be fired up and Sean Dyke will be also happy to to kick Arsenal around and, and bully Arsenal to see if they can you know get under our skins. And I mean, uh, like the last few fixtures, they've also had like the upper end, especially at uh, Goodison Park when they played us. So I mean, we've got also a lot to, you know, a lot to prove there. Because, I mean, we need to, because I still, you know, told today that Tamara Gray goes haunts me. I mean, you, you can see it, I think, in that one episode of All or Nothing. When he just let, I mean, that's, I think, we trying to play the, or wind the, or play the clock down. You know, wanting to take a, a draw back to London. And he ends up just, you know, with a almost like near final kick of the game. He ends up destroying us with a fantastic shot. Yeah, I did want something similar to the City also to bring the game back, so... We want to be careful of that. I mean, even a little conga play and back off and back off and back off, we could see ourselves in trouble. But like, I, one thought is, why don't they try just a chenko in the middle of the park to help? Yeah. With, with if if they really need to, because 
Like out all that eliminate and look conquer because you usually yeah. do more damage there. And I mean, why not do something, you know, like Venga used to do back in the day with, with Clichy and Ashley Cole. We would even have them play at the same time at, at times to, to, to uh, play certain matches. Yes. So you've got like a, a left back and a, a, almost like a left wing back, but somebody that's more advanced. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think oh, Arsenal have over enough time to, you know, think this over, how they're going to go about. But I just think, I mean, for me, everything needs to be almost like a sort of game where you just dispatch them quick. And you yes, move the next game. Right. Not nothing to right. beat around the bush. Um, you, you, yeah. You, so you can't against everything. You can't allow them to to get the goal in or up ahead. It's like you have to like kill that that that, that rush or that yeah, before yeah. they bring of a new manager. Just knock it down, kill the game, and move on to the next one. Like you said. Yeah. So the final part of the podcast is going to be you now. On the one thing, of course, you're Cedric uh, joining Fulham on loan. Um, I think the Fulham will take him on for that six months of the season and then also see to it that they pay his, I think he's on 100000 a week. So they're going to take over the full salary there of his there. Um, I, I still believe Arsenal still going to be dipping into the transfer market. I mean, I, I just think the club will probably do now assessment this next few days, but also make, I think a decision probably will be made because I mean, the window closes also in a matter of days. So I think we're going to see some action there. But I mean, in a way, I hope it is somebody to not only uh, stand in then for, for uh, somebody like Thomas Partey, but also somebody that can also help this club also push on in the final stretch to the season. Yeah, that's what we need. Because I mean, a part, we, we are party injury away. Or like, you know, they say our parts are till the end of the season. And I would panic. I don't know how you would feel if, you know, if, Let's say the, the let's let's call it the, the transfer window closes, and they say parties out till start of April. I don't know how you would feel about that. Yeah, because I I just think look, I would actually like the team to have a right go at at um, the Europa League, but I, yes, also, I don't want us to also risk the key players because I I want for me that that um, I'm just not a, a kind of spitball this thing, but. I like I want our squad say for the Europa League to be something like Turner, uh, say uh, Tommy Asu, and then you keep Ben White for the Premier League. Then you've got Kivio to play also as as a regular. Holding, I'm still you know question marks on that, but probably you know have him in there, and then give Tierney that that Europa League uh, competition as a run out, and then you have people like Trossard, uh, you know leading the line there, even though it'll be a Premier League. Uh, you know, sub or you know, also type of SOS type of guy. And then, I mean, you give Nketiah, because look, Nketiah, even though he's doing a lot of work and that, I just think the way we are using him and the way he, I mean, he's quite clever the way he uses his, his own uh, physical prowess in, in a match, because he, he knows he don't have to, uh, he, but for that, that chasing the goalie down and, and breaking on the runs, and that, he knows he has to stay in that final third and he does not fiddle around going back. So his work rate should be always, you know, up to scratch. So he could play in, you know, a, a Europa League campaign. Yeah. But I mean, we've got over enough sort of attacking options, and I think also, I think a better key should also be used say, with someone like Saka as well. We yes. Don't overplay him because I mean, it takes one heavy tackle on that leg, and I mean, we all know the sort of kicks he gets across the ankles, you know, the trodden on feet, and that. So I think we should be careful there. But I mean, I just hope for a solid. Uh, you know, almost like a two prong attack for for trophies this season, as we now yes. watch out to the end of the season. 
I agree, and I think that 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 Sosedo would be a good signing to just bolster the midfield because it gives you an extra option because Odegaard has Vieira is understudy. Yeah. Our two main linchpins, I think, Xhaka and Party, don't have really any understudy. So you pick up a long-term knock to them. You know, we we could be singing a different tune and holding on for dear life. Yeah. So let's see that the scandals are not too serious. My stomach is actually turning stressed about the party thing because if he picks up a long-term injury, you know, there could be big trouble at the club. Yeah, yeah, but, but I mean, but you have to now end off like this, but, uh, you know, he's actually <laughs> a shoddy way, but okay, let's just wrap it up. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Make the, be- make the most of it. Take care, enjoy. Bye. Cheers, guys. Enjoy.